One of my favorite things about being a music head and getting to know other music heads is nobody can ever know everything. And we all know know-it-all types, and they suck. You're like, oh, yeah, I was totally into them back in blah, 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 whatever. No, if I hear about something new that I've never heard before, I fall in love with it. Now, this band, it's not the case now. I've known about this band for 15 years. But when I first heard about them, they were already sort of established in Canada. And they're amazing. They're called the Sadies. And... Imagine a slightly darker, slightly more rambunctious version of the Jayhawks. That's the Sadies. And they have like 12 records. They are an incredible band. And so you don't have to be like, oh, man, I knew all about the Sadies. Just go dig up their stuff. It's super fun. It's how we're kicking off episode 216 of the Brian Oak Show here in the Smart Start and, and Studios. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. How are you, Sean? I'm fine. I'm one of these, I'm one of these guys when it comes to a band like this. I'm like, I've heard of them, Same. Brian. But I haven't heard their songs. But I do like it. I mean, it's fun. It's like I'm always looking for something new to listen to. Well, it, Especially now that I'm a shut-in like the rest of the world. Oh, it's back, isn't it? It is. It's back. I feel like a WCCO listener. What's, what's weird <laughs> is that it's... I know more people now with the... Weather, even though it's more contagious and apparently less damaging, I know more people now with COVID than I have at any point in the last 18 months. Me too, and the, the good news is the people that I know that have it now um, are boosted and vaxxed, and they are. They said they kind of feel like they have a bad cold, but it's not, it's not debilitating, which is good. So it is good. I mean, my my voice is virtually gone, has been all week. Today, it actually sounds better than it has the last five days. There's no pain. I don't feel like I'm suffering. Yeah. But something is clearly going on every morning when I wake up and the hacking and all that. It's we're all suffering. Certainly. Oh, geez, that's not really my point. But <laughs> thank you very much, Sean. I appreciate that. You know, actually, who's really suffering? Uh, I have a couple of friends who work in the healthcare industry. Oh, and. I have a friend who recently went to the ER, and due to the fact that things are so overwhelming there now, like really even worse than the first wave, there were a guy came in with a, she t- she said on social media, a guy came in with a stab wound. They had to give him first aid in the emergency room, give him a pain shot, and didn't get back to him for another two hours. Now imagine that. You get shivved. I mean, it, yeah. it, it, we have a great system in place. Now, you can talk about how what it costs and how we pay for it and all that. That's fine. As far as technical acumen and and talent and dedication from healthcare workers, all of that is in place, but they can only be pushed to the absolute limit for so long. People just need to start wearing their masks and get their ass boosted. And if you feel sick, stay home. Don't go out. Well, then the crazy thing is, you know, these medical professionals have been getting COVID and then they have to sit out for five days right. or whatever. And then the staff that's still there that didn't get COVID is having to make up for their work as well. Yep. We need to. We need you to pull a double today, Jimmy mm. or Gina. I'm so glad my name's not Gina or Jimmy me, because me neither. Because that, that's uh, it reminds me of the uh, the Deep South. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what that From means Oklahoma. at all. From Oklahoma, I don't know. <laughs> you mean like Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping down That's the plane? Exactly with the Surrey with the fringe on top. Oklahoma, where the waving wheat can sure smell sweet when the wind comes right behind the rain. Just like that. Yeah. Oh, Oklahoma! <laughs> I was actually in Oklahoma. We'll talk about that another time. <gasps> I want to thank the good people at Smart Start MN. Here we are kicking off episode 216 of this particular podcast, and without them, we are literally nothing. Thank you, good people at Smart Start. And there are a lot of people out there who have Smart Start to thank for getting them back on the roads after a really unfortunate incident. What they do is they are a central cog in Minnesota's ignition interlock system. And what happened, I mean, they were there at the dawn of that. They helped create the ignition interlock system. What that means, there will be a device in your car. You blow clean. You get to drive, even though you've lost your license due to your DUI. And that's going to be very, very important in the aftermath of that kind of an event. And it's already affordable compared to not being able to drive and get around and do all the things you need Mm. to do. But we can save you a little bit more money by going to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. 
We have a guest coming up next who is has been on the show before, um, but she is, I feel like dynamic is damning her with faint yes. praise. She is a very dynamic individual. She is a performer. She's got a big show coming up this weekend. She's a published author, but also, I don't know, force of nature. Is that too strong? I think she's 20 years younger than we are because her energy level is very different than you and I. Yeah, no, exactly. Like you and I, I have a little bit lower key. Like if we were going to have like a big stick fight or play kickball or something. I want her on my side. A snowball fight. I'd want Katie on our snowball fight team. Katie Tessman is our guest, and we'll talk to her coming up just ahead. But first, I've had this song in my head for a week, and since I have a podcast, I'm going to play it. <laughs> uh, this is the Water Boys. This is the Sea.
I had the incredible professional privilege one time of seeing that band live mm. in a room maybe only three times bigger than the Smart Start MN studio oh, as part of an on-site Studio C performance where there might have been 15 people in the room. It was the hollow. Have you ever been in that small, weird, little underground cavern-like room next to the local yes. downtown Minneapolis? Yes. So it was in there. And Mike Scott, who essentially is the Water Boys with a rotating cast mm-hmm. over the years, he came in and performed live with one guy, and they did a half dozen songs. And whew, you know, when you sit there and you're like, that's cool. I hadn't cried yet today anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm remembering right now. It was so incredible. It was really, really good. Anyway, the Water Boys right here on the Brian Oak Show. We should probably say hi to our guest, Katie. Uh, Katie Tessman is a mom. She is a local performer. She is a published author. She's been a guest on here before, and she's always a good time to talk to, and a, a very, very ardent supporter of events that are related to the Brian Oak Show. So thank you very much. Katie, how are you? Hi. I am so happy to be here. It's good to see you. Yeah, good to see you, and good to see you, Sean. Hello. Yeah, no, Sean's wandering around over there like fra- Frankensteining equipment together in the background. That's what he does. Before we talk about your big event that is coming up this weekend, how have you been? Did the holidays treat you all right? Yeah, they were small, which was nice, uh-huh. and um, it was quality time. Which, that's rare, by the way, in yeah. the modern world. Yes, I got to see my parents Lovely. and my brother. And my two teenage sons were happy to drive around with me at night, and mm-hmm. we looked at all the lights, and uh, they had some great suggestions. Hey, let's go to this neighborhood. Yeah, and you know, the car is the best time to have conversations with your older adult, young adult, uh, teenage kids. Agreed, yeah, right? yeah, in the car. Did you learn anything new? Or at, at, By 18, I have to imagine that your past... The stage of possible shock, right? Like where they're going to drop something on you like, oh, hey, by the way, mom, this. And you're like, what the fuck did they just say? Oh, my God. I mean, so nothing like that, right? Well, no I, have, brand new yeah, revelations? I have two sons. Okay. Um, my oldest is almost 19. Right. And my youngest is 15 and a half. Oh, so oh, there could still be some shock in the yeah. near future then. Almost every day. Yeah. Okay. Well, wow. Fantastic news. Yeah. For people who didn't catch you the last time you were on the show, the very, very quick version. Where are you from? I am from uh, Brooklyn Center. Okay, so you are Minnesotan born and raised. Yes. When did music become a part of who you are and what you do? When I could start singing at age two. Yeah. Uh, my mom and dad are musical. Okay. Um, then in elementary school, choir and high school, took voice lessons. I was a trained soprano, did competitions, um, went to college at Moorhead State, never lived in North Dakota. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Although I had many friends that did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was a musical theater major. Yep. But I graduated with a speech communication degree. Okay. 
And then moved back down uh, to Minneapolis. I lived in the Wedge neighborhood of Uptown for many years. And that's when I picked up the guitar and started songwriting. Well, so I was going to ask, I mean, it's one thing to pursue theater throughout high school and even well into college and have that be a part of who you are. But to have, dare I say, the audacity to think, you know what? I can do this. I'm doing it. Picking up your guitar and going out and singing in front of people. When's the first time you did that? And were you scared to death? Well, when I was in college, I realized I did not want to move to New York or L.A. And I knew that Minneapolis already had Sally Wingert. And Mm. I was like, okay, I don't (laughs) think I could thrive with the competition of being an actor. And but I wanted to be on stage. Yeah. And so the guitar was a tool to get me to be able to sing. You know, many people play piano to sing. For me, it was the guitar and then later the mandolin. Um, I've done small, small stages, the majority of my singer-songwriter career. When I have um, opportunities to play larger venues like festivals or uh, like the Fine Line, I have a whole band back me up. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yes, it's scary, but um, it feels good. Growing up, I mean, it's one thing to be in choir and to sing, right? Like I was also in a large number of choirs, sang all over the place and could I was competent. I could read music. That's very different than being able to articulate a unique vision, master an instrument, be able to play it and use that to express brand new forms of expression that literally never existed before. How did that transition come about? I mean, there's a difference between going up and reading a script that you as well rehearsed, is nuanced, you brought everything you can to the performance, but then being the creative element and the expressive conduit, that's two big things at one time. Yes, it is. Um, I I started with learning covers, Indigo Girls, 10,000 Maniacs, Simon and Garfunkel, and that was so much fun. I I realized that I I have small little stories that I want to share. Um, I've always liked writing poetry and writing has been important to me. Words are are really fun to play with. And then when I could put them to a melody, it just felt like the right way to express myself. Well, I mean, but it is a big jump going from I'm doing these covers. I'm learning from these brilliant, obvious masters who came before me. And then you create something brand new that literally never existed before. That's a big leap, in my opinion. Thank you. It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> well, I mean, but I mean, it's, it's not something everyone no. can do. And then you have to bring a certain vision and a certain attitude, which you certainly do. You've got a big event coming up tomorrow that we're going to talk about here in one moment. But first, I hate to go too long without any music. So I asked you songs to play, and I already had this one in mind, the one we just heard. You literally picked a song off of the same record, 1985's This Is The Sea, which thrills and delight me because I recently got a copy of this on vinyl, and I can't stop listening to it over and over. So I've heard this song a bunch lately, but I'm not at all sad or mad. I absolutely love this song. Why why, why did this one bubble to the top of your head? Well, you always need more water boys in your day. Agreed. And um, my older sister... When she graduated in 85, she went to college at St. Kate's, and I got to drive through the tunnel to go visit her. And she introduced me to this album, and we would sit in her little dorm and just listen to this one song over and over and over again. It's a beautiful song.
gun to my head, 1988's <laughs> Fisherman's Blues is probably my very, yeah. very favorite by the Waterboys, only because it's so steeped in all this Irish iconography, yes. despite their Scottish roots. Uh, it, 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 it was a really defining record for me that year. That being said, A Pagan Place from 84, uh, the song we just heard, Hole of the Moon off 1985's This is the Sea, Anything really from the 80s into the early 90s missive of the Waterboys collection is bulletproof. It's the Brian Oak Show. I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. Sean, from what I understand, in addition to the sweet, sweet gravy you're making off the Brian Oak Show, <laughs> you got a little bit of a side hustle because you got to have multiple revenue streams in this modern day and age. You're also a realtor for our friends at Edina Realty, the 50th in France location. What's that like? I mean, what, what does it look like at the dawn of a brand new year? Well, it's funny. I've got a uh, listing that just uh, went live yesterday. I've got open houses coming up this weekend for that, and the showings are all happening now. Um, I had a funny story, but I got an email uh, a few days ago from somebody that just said, I heard you do real estate as a side hustle to your podcast. <laughs> I was like, yes. Somebody actually got Brian's bit about a side hustle. So I'm trying to help out a, a listener with a, with a condo for her and her, her partner. But I was like, I was like That's yes. Brilliant. You love it when people get the bit. Look, man, like, if you say something long enough in an yes. authoritative tone, yes. it will eventually begin to yeah, take. Yeah, and was, your side hustle is working for you right now. It is. It kind of reminds me of Red on... Uh, Shawshank Redemption. Uh-huh. You know, he's got a little... I'm a guy that uh, knows how to get things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> From time to time. And for you, it's houses, both buying yes. or selling. And are you still doing in the new year your donating to local artists? I am. I'm donating to local artists. Um, and we'll talk more Tuesday about another thing that I'm going to be involved with um, that I think is going to be pretty cool. We'll have Jared Brewington in to talk about that next Tuesday. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're I'm going to donate uh, to local artists or uh, full bands uh, if if that's what people want to do on the buy or the sell side. Just give me a call at 612-859-2594. You can text me as well if you're one of those people who's like, I don't want to have to talk to anybody yet. Even though Sean couldn't be nicer. Could not be nicer. What's that number again? 612-859-2594. Speaking of local artists benefiting from things, one of the reasons that Sean and I decided to start this podcast low 216 episodes ago is we love this community and we're both huge music heads. And I think we envisioned it almost entirely as a music oriented podcast, but we've gotten to know so many people who are entrepreneurs, who are politicians, who are religious figures, who are restaurateurs, whatever the case may be. And in some cases, Their worlds are so creative, it's hard to contain them into one simple field. For instance, today's guest, Katie Tessman, who is both a celebrated local artist, also a published author. And the author part we're going to talk about in a little bit from right now, because it intersects with something that happened to you very personally, being a breast cancer survivor, right? Mm -hmm. That was the genesis of this incredible book, Our Mama is a Beautiful Garden. We'll talk about that, but let's go ahead and let people know right off the bat, because you never know when people's attention span starts to wane. So let's get this in early. You have a big event coming up this weekend. And let's be honest, we are living in the era where all of a sudden everything was happening all the time. And now it's sort of slowly collapsing. But you on social media, we're pals there. And so I, you've been very effusive and particularly excited about the event that you have coming up tomorrow. I am excited. Then tell us all about it. Yes. Well, before I became a mother, I yes. was a, a singer-songwriter gigging like eight times a month. Right. And then in 2002, I had my final performance at Ginkgo Coffee House. Which is where? In St. Paul. Got it. Snelling Avenue, Minnehaha. I knew. I just wanted to make sure that you let people know. Ginkgo Coffee House in <laughs> St. Gotcha. Paul, across the street from Hamlin University. Oh, yeah. And it's 20 years later, so, and I've got a gig there. That So that was... That wasn't, I mean, you've performed live since then, but after that particular run, before you decided, I'm giving this up to become a mom, that was your final live gig for a very long time. For a very long time, uh, specifically my original music, my singer-songwriter. Once I became a mom in 2003, uh, my time on stage was maybe five times in the past 19 years. Wow. Yeah. Or is it twenty years? I don't know. I can't do math. But it still holds. It still holds the allure. It's still yes. like you. You want to get back to when it. When my kids were in grade school, I taught um, music together, which yep. is an early childhood music program. Mm-hmm. And then I um, 
uh, performed at church, Gethsemane Lutheran Church with Joshua Schmidt uh, for our Wednesday night confirmation. Um, so I've done some of those things. But um, 2021 was interesting for me. Yeah, I started writing music again. And so let me ask you this then. Did it, did it come from the fact that, oh my God, if I don't find something to do, I'm going to go stir crazy? Or did it sort of come out of the ether and not give you a choice and say, guess what, Katie? Time to start making music again. Exactly. It really? came out of the ether. Really? It was really a strange thing. So 2020 was weird for everybody. But um, while I was sitting at home, I started tuning into the uh, live streams of Sarah Morris and Katie Vernon and Mary Bue. Mm-hmm. And they were just so inspiring how they were just continuing to make music. Mm-hmm. And um, last March 2021, so a year into the pandemic, mm-hmm. I wrote a song and it was really kind of weird. And it was a brand new baby song using a Sarah Morris phrase. Mm-hmm. And it not felt potty trained. Not, it was not potty trained. <laughs> okay. It didn't have a bridge or anything. But well, it showed promise. It did. Yeah. It did. It we did knew show it was, promise. We, we knew it was going to grow into something better. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then when my oldest kid moved off to college, I wrote another song. What? <gasps> so it was like a half an empty nest. Yeah. And I had the space. And. <gasps> In 2021, I wrote eight new songs. Wow. I know. That's really cool. Thank you. Well, I mean, again, because we've talked to so many artists. Well, basically, we launched this podcast at the beginning of a global pandemic, right? So we've had to talk to people during one of the most sort of unusual periods of most of our lives. And I would say not all, but the vast majority of the artists we talked to, Having that kind of downtime, having that sort of, oh my gosh, now I don't have to go anywhere, now I can do anything I want, was not conducive to their creativity. So that's why I'm happy for you, because a lot of people were not able to make, they just didn't find that in the course of all that emptiness and weirdness. So good for you, Katie. I've always been a maker. Yeah. Um, I like doing things with my hands. Um, my Both my sons are makers. Uh, my youngest son, Max, he it, makes electronic music okay. using FL Studios. And he's got some really cool things happening. And then my older son, Louis, who was a senior, he graduated in 21. Uh, when the pandemic hit, he picked up my guitar and said, I want to start playing. Great. Okay. So I showed him some chords and he got it and he wanted to learn more. I'm like, okay, just learn Blackbird by the Beatles. Two hours later, he was playing. Right so on. I'm like, all right, my job's done. Yeah. You're a guitar player. So on Saturday, for my return to the stage with my original music, Lewis is going to join me. Wow. On guitar. That's I, a great mama-son yeah. mama <laughs> experience. That's really cool. I'm so excited. He's a really good kid. They're both really good kids. I got to know Max and Lewis. They both helped me move. I paid them. They didn't just, you know, I wasn't like. Hey, help me move. Hey there, kids, yeah. get over here. <laughs> Max was a little quieter, but Lewis and I, I think just because of his age, we talked the whole time. He's he's come into himself as a young man, which is really cool. And I just loved the experience of talking they to him. They both say hi. By oh, the do way. they? Yes, yeah. Yes. They were just they're just great. I mean, he's like, you know, some kids are eighteen, but they're really forty two. That's what I felt like with Lewis. He right just on. really had a shit together, probably more than you and I. Currently, I've never had my shit together. Yeah, so th- so I'm just saying that he's got a he's got a pretty good he's got a pretty good shot of, yeah. of making it. So yeah, well, yeah. they're both both good kids and really interesting and fun and funny and you know they got the bit which was nice. Well, and that's good. I mean, and a big part of that comes from having the right uh, tutelage, shall we say, right, mm-hmm. and having the right inspiration around there. Before we talk a little bit more about mamahood and your book, the celebrated not only celebrated but award winning published book, Our Mama Is a Beautiful. Girl, garden i would like to hear another song and here you've gone epic once again you've Mm -hmm. gone melodic once again and another one of those people who you know much like mike scott from the water boys there there are some people one of my highest compliments i can pay anyone is that you're not like anybody else i think that's remarkable given how much copying and how much influence and very few people get to be the ones who are the touchstones right and kate bush is absolutely in that conversation yes she, her songs are so deep and inspiring in a way that, um, 
you have it on in the background, mm-hmm. and then you stop what you're doing and you just listen. And she's got a voice like no one else you've ever heard. I think the things that people who, by the way, I like Enya, before I say this particular comment right here, I actually <laughs> do like Enya. I think the things that people like to make fun of Enya about are the things that make Kate Bush distinguishable from every other artist around her. There's not another voice like her. She's not afraid to go epic. She's not afraid to get emotional. And she wasn't afraid to do something that no one had ever done before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kate Bush.
there are songs that you've been hearing for more than half your life, right? Maybe much more than half your life that don't ever get t- tired. Like, I mean, like, there are some where it's like, all right, I'm cool on certain fronts. Sometimes it's burnout. Sometimes it's just, it's an okay song. But then there are certain sort of epic sculptures like that that you could never ever get tired of and the message is timeless and the song is timeless and still I don't think there's ever been although I love Tori Amos and she was clearly deeply informed by Kate Bush Mm -hmm. I I got nothing against Tori in fact I've gone to see Tori quite a few times live but there's there's not going to be another Kate Bush there's just no one else like her and I absolutely loved hearing that excellent pick Ms. Katie Testman it's nice to have you here with us so you've got the gig coming up tomorrow and it's going to be at Ginkgo Coffee House and you also though have been back in the studio you so you've written all these songs so now are you committing them to some sort of form and going to sculpt them and yes. figure out when it's time to let them go yes my friend Mark Allen um, he opened his studio called Studio Double X and he came to me he said you got any new songs and I said I do turns out yeah, it turns out I do. Right. So we had five songs. Um, I had I have five songs. We started working on arrangements. He has this awesome app that he wrote called Chord Charts. It's a gig app. And we've been um, arranging songs. And then two weeks later, I come to him. Hey, I wrote a new song. And then two weeks later, I wrote another new song. And he says, slow down. Settle down. Yes. Take Settle it easy. Down, You're making Katie. us look bad over here. <laughs> Look, people so, can only yeah. listen to so much music, Katie. <laughs> it might be an EP. It might be an LP. It might be a triple album from the sounds of things. I mean, anything's possible at this point. <laughs> we are in 2022 now. Exactly. And now, Brian, would you like to share what you accomplished this last two weeks? Mm. Well, it depends on how you look at life, right? I mean, did I spend an, an inordinate amount of time snuggling my cat, Jackson, who is feline perfection and laying on the couch and watching World War II in color? Yes. Yes, I did, Sean. As far as creating new cultural touchstones that will affect people for generations to come, no, I didn't do shit. Okay. I was just trying to be your third grade teacher that shames you when there's a shining right. star in the class and then they look at you and they say, How are you? Yeah. Little shithead. Like, bring your bring your parent to work day and like yeah, someone's exactly. parent is like, Oh, you know, I work on computers at Spare Univac or oh, you know, I work at the Jet Propulsion Laboratory and we're currently working on a new satellite that's gonna go land on a meteor. I'm like my dad works in industrial finance. Uh, <laughs> it's not quite the same thing. Not so, much. so, Katie, you uh, obviously, this is cool. Like, I love when an artist, you know, because you don't get to pick, right? Like, when you go through a period of great productivity and creativity, it, it, it's thrilling to be the conduit, right? It's thrilling to be the creator, the constructor, the conductor, the, the, the master of what's happening. But that doesn't always happen, right? I mean, you go, any artist, no matter what kind of art you're creating, whether you're a baker or a, a sculptor or whatever, there are going to be times where you're dry and it's not happening. But then when it happens, it seems like that must be one of the most thrilling ways to to be alive, to experience life. It is thrilling. And I'm excited because I'm going to be sharing it with my son who's playing guitar mm-hmm. and then Tom Lear, my old bass player from um, the early 90s, uh, my Joe's Elevator days. Right. And David Harland is going to do an opening set. And David and I did... Um, we were singer-songwriters together in mm-hmm. the 90s and early 2000s. What time is this show? I know you said it was at... Uh, 8 o'clock. Oh, it's at 8 p.m. 8 p.m. Okay, great. And it's all ages. Tickets are only 15 bucks. However, you do have to have proof of vaccination, which I'm 100% cool with because, yep. you know, I mean, we know the people who are getting vaccinated are still yep. getting it. We know that the mask is not a guarantee or it does not make everything perfect. But I, again, I know more people now that have COVID than I've ever known during the entire last 18 months to two years. And it's a little spooky. So we still have to work hard to mitigate it, but we still have to get out and see live music. Let's drive with our seatbelts on. Weird. Be responsible, mm. grown-ups and participants. Use our signals? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Act, act like there might other be other people on the planet whose yeah. circumstances are not identical to your Weird. own. Work together. And there are certain possibilities that could make things better for the overall whole, whether or not we love it in the moment. Right. Utilitarianism? I... <laughs> 
<laughs> that sounds like a lot of communist bullshit to me, Tessman. It's love. It's love. I know that's it all is. It is. I know that's exactly what it is. Speaking of, uh, I don't want to get out of here before we go and hear a song you play live here in the studio without mentioning your book that has won the Mom's Choice Award, the Moonbeam Children's Book Award. Uh, you were voted a change maker by the Minnesota Women's Press for your book, Our Mama is a Beautiful Garden, telling a story for young people on how to deal with it when... Their mom is diagnosed with breast cancer, which is precisely the situation you found yourself in. Obviously, breast cancer in this day and age is not a death sentence, but that doesn't make it an easy process. And it can be frightening not only for the person who's suffering from it, but for the children, the family that they have around them. Yes. In 2009, I was 20, 30, 39 years old, mm-hmm. and um, I was told I had breast cancer. It's not my family. It was my very, very first mammogram. Mm. Um, Super surprising. Lewis was six and Max was three. Wow. So I went to the library to look for a book to read to them. I couldn't find a thing. Mm. So I had to come up with my own words to explain what was going to happen to mama. And the three of us are outside all the time. Right. So um, they know what weeds are and they know what good flowers Mm -hmm. are. And, and, um, Buckthorn. They know we pulled buckthorn out. So I explained to them that cancer is a bad weed in my garden mm-hmm. and we're going to get it taken care of. And cancer is not like creeping Charlie. It will not go into your garden. Mm. It's just going to stay here. Um, so in 2013, when I was all healed from chemo and surgeries, I realized I wrote the book. And I wanted to help other families because more and more young women are getting the diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And usually young women have young kids in their life. So this book is for um, young kids as well as tweens, too. Uh, So if they have a teacher or a grandma or an auntie that's diagnosed with breast cancer, this should help them figure out what their job is and um, what it's going to be like. If people, I know if people go to katietestman.com because I'm there right now, they can find out about your upcoming events, your music, your story. Can they also get the book there as well? Yes, they can. And they can get it at Amazon as well. Okay, very good. Well, I'd rather have them go through your house than Amazon's house. Yes. Personally, thank you very much. <laughs> Katie Tessman, T-E-S-S-M-A-N.com to find out about upcoming gigs to apparently at some point in the not too distant future, hear the progress of the new music that you're working on and to find out more about this award-winning book, Our Mama is a Beautiful Garden. Um, are you excited about 2022? I am. I feel I, like you. Uh, yes. Th- I feel like, okay, a, two things. One is I'm asking you if you're excited about something. I've never met you and, I, <laughs> and felt like you weren't excited about something, but I think that's a good thing. I think it having is. an indomitable spirit is I, a wondrous thing. I am an optimist. You know, that is very, very evident to everybody. I guess, well, I guess I should have thought about my point a little closer before I asked you that. Obviously, you've written all this great music and the future is wide open, but do you feel good about where we're headed, where you're headed for 2022? I don't see very far in the future. I can see through February. In February, I'm going to be um, at the Aster for the Minnesota Mm. um, Songwriter Rounds. Excellent. uh, With two other cancer thrivers. Okay, So So there'll be three cancer thrivers on the stage. Is this also available, the information on this available at your website? Yep. Okay, very good. Cancer thrivers. I've never heard that before. I like it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. And uh, other breast cancer survivors, they are my breast friends. Okay. Oh, I see what you did there. Cancer thrivers and breast friends. I need more breast friends. Settle down, Sean. What? That's, that's not what we're talking Nobody about. Nobody wants oh. to be a member of that club. Yeah, no, that's true. You absolutely <laughs> do not. It's want uncanny to be the amount breast of friends. So my mom's a survivor. Mm-hmm. My aunt's a survivor. My mother in law's a survivor. My sister in law's a survivor. It's unbelievable. Or thriver, as you call them. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, I, they need to fucking, like, stop breast cancer. Cancer needs to come second oh, place. We need more people winning yeah. first place. I, I, could, I couldn't agree more. And, mm-hmm. and things are moving in the right direction, but there's still a long way to go. Mm-hmm. So you see through the end of February, I hope the rest of the year treats you as well. I can't imagine. I Since I first met you, you've had, like I said, this indomitable spirit. I can't imagine that anything, well, I don't want to call you, and I don't want to call it into existence, but I can't imagine that you're going to lose any of that vision or that fire. And I'm excited that you've got all this new music in your belly now you're going to play us a song before we leave 
Is this one of the newest songs yes, you've written? This is a new song. It is for my um, oldest son, Lewis. Okay. It's called Courage After All. And um, all of you folks out there, especially the two in this room, have <laughs> young adult children. Yes. And um, I hope that you can relate. Um, courage After All. It's time to fly, little bird of mine. You've outgrown this nest. It's your time. Like a flash in the night, my, you have grown. Stretch your wings, chase your dreams. It's time. Ooh. 